and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we're going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. So Tara, how's things? Things are good. Things are really good, busy, but that is life. Are you all caught up with your washing? Uh, yes, I wash every day, so I'm always <laughs> caught up with my washing. Uh, I'm behind because I'm one of those, I'm a bit of a wuss when it rains and I'm like, I don't want to do all this work of like putting it on the line and then going and getting it off again when it rains and then hanging it on the rack inside and so I just let it build up. I'm like terrible like that. So I am a tad behind. Yeah, I'm a bit of a washing Nazi. I'm like, it's on, it's on every day. Yeah. No, I'm I'm a wuss. <laughs> I do love having it, like if it's not raining, absolutely every day. But yeah, so that's actually we're going to talk a little bit later about our laundry schedules. You know, ooh, riveting. So we won't go into too much detail now because what we're talking about today is having an organised laundry. And I guess you know the washing schedule does kind of come into that a little bit. So if we have time, we'll definitely be talking about that. But yeah, laundry is one of those rooms that we use all the time, pretty much every day, you reckon? Yep. And I think it's, other than the kitchen, for me, it is by far the hardest working room in my house. Like it it does a lot and it does it regularly. So for me, it's got to be organised. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I'm, you know, a real stickler for making sure everything is in the right home in the laundry and only the other day I, I went in and huffed and puffed because someone had put something in the wrong spot and I did a little quick rearrange because, you know, I hate looking for things with a passion. And um, when I'm trying to do 20 things at once, which is usually what I'm in the laundry for, I just can't cope if I can't find everything. Yeah, I, I think one thing working with people when we're decluttering their house, I love doing people's laundries and I think part of it is it's got a really clear function for most people, you can say, right, mm. what is the purpose of this room? What do you want it to do? And that's pretty simple. I mean, you go to people's houses and they've got a spare room and you have no idea what they're going to say, what that room needs to function mm. as for them. But with a laundry, it's always the same. It's like, I need this to be efficient. I need it to be clean. I need it to, to get our clothes in yeah. and out and sorted. Yeah, exactly. I do this in it and I need this to be stored in here so I can do this in it. And it's really quite, it's quite specific. It can turn into a dumping ground though, can't it? Yeah. And I think, I think it's that hard part because it's halfway almost between the inside of your house and the outside of your house. So a lot of people well, if it's too wet or too cold or it's nighttime, they can't be bothered going out to the garage or the backyard. The laundry is kind of that halfway point. Like if I put it there, then it's almost outside. Yeah. But the thing I find really tricky too is a lot of people's laundries is the way to access their backyard. Mm. So although they become a dumping ground, also then people walk through there all the time. So it's kind of, it's not convenient for it to be a dumping ground because unlike a spare room, you can't always close the door. Yeah, and just ignore it for a while. Mm. Mm. And I think as well, you, like doing laundry sucks. I don't know anyone that really loves, you know, sorting their washing. I know one person, shout out to Justine, who is like the laundry queen. My friend Justine loves doing laundry, absolutely oh, loves it. Maybe she can teach me how to love it. Well, yeah, actually, we should actually, we're going to set up an interview with Justine, I think, because uh, she does run a business that teaches people how to do stuff like that. So you've just given me a really great idea for another podcast. Okay, right, deal. So the thing about, for me, the fact that it is such a chore is that if my laundry is chaotic and messy 
or dirty or has stuff chucked in there, I don't I don't want to be in there. I mean, I don't want to be in there anyway, yeah. but I don't want to spend any longer in there than I have to. So I like the idea of sticking a pot plant in there or, you know, I've got a really lovely picture in one in my laundry up on the wall because it's like, well, if I'm going to be in here, at least make it look nice like, a you know, any other room in the house. Yeah. Mine doesn't look nice. Uh, I don't have anything decorative in there, but I know what you mean. And I'm, and as soon as you said that, I was thinking, ooh, I might put a plant in there. <laughs> I got a bit excited about the idea of putting, because I'm, I'm obsessed with house plants at the moment. I'm bringing you ones home almost daily, and I'm getting, I'm starting to get shade thrown at me every time I walk into the house with a plant now because there's no room to put them anymore. Um, but I just thought, ooh, laundry, maybe I can. I don't know if one would Is live. Is the laundry there. the only room in your house without a plant? currently um there's no plant in zoe's room because she has a very dark room and i think it would just die i said to her she needs to keep mushrooms in there so of course you know <laughs> she said mom can you get me a mushroom i'm like dude i don't really i was joking i don't know how to get a mushroom but <laughs> to grow in your room and ethan's not interested in plants but every other room yeah yeah i'm all the living areas have loads of plants i'm a little bit of a indoor plant freak at the moment yeah, but it, you're right. It's We do spend a lot of time in there and it would be nice if it looked nice. And I think for me, I don't have anything pretty in there. But one thing I do have is I have my empty surfaces and I have closed things. So when I walk in there, you know, the, the top of my washing machine is empty. There's nothing on it. I've got a cupboard that I can close the doors on so that I can see just nothing. And then I've got other cupboards with doors as well. So, and the only things that are sort of out in the open are right up on top of those cupboards. I've got uh, some backpacks and some large picnic baskets up there. And everything else, you can't really see anything except, you know, just white surfaces. So for me, I sort of get a little bit of pleasure out of that being clear. But of course, most of the time when I walk in there, the cupboard's open, the ironing board is up and there's a basket and maybe, you know, a cleaning product or a cloth or something like that or some dirty clothes on the floor or something like that. So it's you're not always tidy. But if I want it to be, it only takes a few minutes and I can get all those nice clean clean lines back again. Oh, that's good. We put a bit of a call out last night to some of our followers on social media to ask what were some of the things that they keep in their laundries? And we got some nice responses from people. Ashley said she keeps anything that she needs to be out, the, out of the reach of her dogs. I think she's got a couple of dogs. So she said there's even handbags being stored in her laundry because that's one room that the dogs can't get into. Joe keeps an electric lawnmower <laughs> because they don't have a shed at the moment. I don't know how you fit an electric lawnmower yeah, into your laundry, effort. but good <laughs> well on done. you, Joe. Janita, like a lot of people, I suspect, including myself, keeps overflow items. So she says toilet rolls, tissues, paper towels, those kind of things, everything that doesn't fit in yeah. other rooms of the house. Alex keeps his beer and Rachel keeps beer as well because she has a, another fridge in her laundry. And she, her, she said her husband is in the military, so she keeps a lot of his paraphernalia in there, has some pictures displayed on the wall. Probably not how I would want to decorate my laundry with pictures of planes, but good on you, Rachel, for putting it up somewhere. Catherine, and I like this idea, she said she keeps a secret lolly stash there because no one else why goes into did her not, laundry. I think, well, why didn't I think of that? That's like the best idea because no one goes in there. And the only time they go in there is to dump something in the wrong spot anyway. <laughs> so I could, I could easily stash my lollies there. Yeah. Oh, love it. Thank you for that, Catherine. We are all going to start following your lead on that one. Amy, and 
I have been to Amy's house. She her laundry is the same size as my <laughs> lounge room. She does have an enormous laundry. And she listed about 700 items that she keeps in her laundry. But one of the things I thought was really unusual was she keeps some photo albums in there, things that she said that are really old, old photo albums that she doesn't want to put in the shed because she's scared that they'll get damaged or something. So she stores photo albums in her laundry as well. I suppose if you've got the storage, you know, that up higher storage in cupboards, if you've got like really tall cupboards in your laundry with storage up really high, I think memorabilia is probably a good thing to store up there because you don't really access it very often, do you? Mm. Do you store anything um, odd in your laundry? No, we've got the standard stuff, all the picnic stuff, all of our going to the football stuff. So we've got Nick's got a bag that's all pre-packed and he's got the like the warm cushion seats and there's a bag with all of the scarves in it and stuff like that. We do keep our overflow as well, so all soft drink cans and beer are in the laundry and the giant, enormous, about the size of me, bags of dog food, they are in the laundry as well. And I have a massive big bag of flour in the laundry because it doesn't fit in my kitchen and I bought that in bulk on an impulsive Costco expedition <laughs> where I accidentally bought, you know, oh, I, I'm not a bulk buyer and then I go to Costco and I just, you know, go crazy. Uh, yeah, so there's that and then, yeah, I have overflow of cleaning products and all the pet stuff is in the laundry as well, so pet wash and um, medicines and things like that and, oh, and all our first aid is in our laundry too. Yeah, that was a common thing, actually. A lot of people keep their medicine in the laundry. We keep it in our kitchen, all our medicine stuff, but that's because we've got a cupboard up mm. high in the kitchen where most of my laundry cupboards yeah. are lower. Well, see, I've got teenagers now, so I don't have things up high anymore. I can have them at any height because they're not, you know, accidentally going to, to have something that they shouldn't. That's it. Yeah, mine's... Mine's got all sorts, all our picnic gear. We've got a huge big linen cupboard mm. in there as well. So I keep all the bed linen in there, things like shoe polish and our pet stuff is in there as well. I have this little basket on my bench which has got bits and pieces written on the front of it, which is perfect. And that's that's kind of like my junk drawer of the laundry and that's got, you know, at the moment I must admit it probably needs a declutter. It's got a couple of light bulbs. It's got some batteries in there there's a I keep a little book in there about clear cleaning spots and stains oh, one of those yeah. handy little books about how to get anything out of anything that's in there and you know stain remover bobby pin, oh, bobby pins and safety pins I think are both you know just those yeah. those bits it is literally my bits yeah. and pieces box and I mine <laughs> my cupboards are full of toilet paper <laughs> because I buy that yeah. who gives a crap toilet so paper. much toilet paper in those boxes that I, I the last time I bought a box honestly you'd walk into my laundry and it just looked like that was all we had was toilet paper because it was like in front of everything else on the shelf to fit it in. <laughs> yeah so my last delivery I got the toilet paper the tissues and the paper towel oh, so I had to shift linen <laughs> to fit it all in but you know what? We won't run out of toilet paper for, you know, the next six well, months. So that's actually, my friend Ashley, she had a photo on Instagram. And Ash, if you listen to this, I would love it if you post it on our page, a photo of her toilet with all of the Who Gives a Crap toilet paper around it, like stacked up around the sides of it and across the top of it. It was fantastic. So, Ash, can you send us that photo and we'll put it on, we'll put it on our Facebook page so people can see your wonderful storage idea for your excess toilet paper. It is really That's funny. That's cool. I like that idea. 
so what when we're talking laundries then Beck, what can we declutter from them? What's you know, we keep all sorts of items. So how do we where do we even start with I decluttering guess them? It comes down to the the same old thing of, you know, do I need it, use it or love it, and does it provide value? And there are a lot of things that we do keep in our laundry for just in case. And obviously we've talked about this in a, a recent podcast, but a lot of the stuff we keep for just in case is more of a burden than a benefit. Yeah, and I think there are lots of things that we try that we maybe don't like mm. or love. And then rather than throwing them out, it's easier to just pop them in the laundry and we might come yeah, back yeah. to that. Or, yeah, and it might it might come in handy. I don't want to waste it. Uh, and another thing that people tend to do is try like um, a product, like a, a new cleaning product or a, a new carpet cleaner or something, and then they either don't like it or they forget they have it and they buy a different one, but they keep the old one that they've stopped using. And so you end up with duplicates of things with you know half-used stuff that's sort of shoved in the back and ignored and never used but kept still. So that happens a lot too. I think that nasty little cupboard under the laundry tub like the big sink in your laundry I hate the cupboards under there because it's got the pipe running through so you can't put you know very rarely can you put a decent basket or box or anything useful in there so that's where all the random oh that you know tea towel's got a stain on it I'll keep that for a rag I'll put that under the sink and that pair of gardening gloves and the fly spray and it just I think that cupboard or that under the sink I think that's the worst place for clutter ever and it's always a bit damp or a bit yes damp useless yeah ours our machine leaks a little bit our washing machine and it goes straight underneath that cupboard because the cupboard isn't sealed on the bottom it just sits well ours anyway sits on the tiles so the the moisture goes straight in there and we used to keep gardening clothes in there and they all went all moldy once and it was like damn I've got to clean that out and there goes all our gardening clothes and yeah so yeah it's I hate that little spot as well and uh, at the moment it still has the gardening clothes but I've put them in plastic bags now so they're protected from any moisture and because lots of people tend to put you know chemicals and stuff Mm. like that down there but I think that's a terrible cupboard for it too because it's down low you know, even though it might be a useful spot to hold mm. bottles, it, you know, whether your kids are young or not or you don't have kids, if you have other little people in your yeah. house at all, it's yeah. just one of those. It can, they can get to that quite easily. Uh, yeah, it's a, I, I don't I hate mm. that cupboard too. It's really hard to manage. It's better off just left empty. Yeah. When when I move people into new houses and I'm, I'm unpack for them in their retirement villages, quite often I'll just leave that just empty it'll be the last place I put anything in um, because it's just such a pain Mm -hmm. so we talked a little bit about chemicals and I think that that's one of the things that we do possibly tend to keep more of than what we can actually than what we get value from we we're sold on this idea I don't know if you've got the same opinion as me Tara but we're sold on this idea that we need to have all of these specific cleaning products for all of these specific things and the truth is that really we only need a couple of things to clean and all the rest is just marketing isn't it absolutely I used to be that person and I had one spray bottle for the windows one for my kitchen benches one for my sinks one for my bathroom one Mm. for my oven you know like all these different now and then a different one for dusting I'm like dusting I'm picking up dust all I need is a cloth with water on it yeah we'll pick up the dust you know yeah. what I mean I don't need another so I've really the last few years I've slimmed that right down and I have 
just a handful of products now in my entire house and they're all multifunctional so I can use them for all sorts of things. Yeah, I'm the same and I'm trying to get get rid of chemicals altogether. So most of my cleaning is just done with a water and cloth or vinegar and water and I do use still use like a bleach-based cleaner for my toilet because I just have a thing about germy toilets. But everything else I just use a cloth and water uh, or vinegar and maybe a little bit of eucalyptus or something like that. For my floors, I just use water with a little bit of metho in the spray. So I have one of those spray mops, which you, like, I love it. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. there's a spray thing in the handle and it just sprays ahead of you and then you just mop. So that's just water and a bit of metho. And I really don't have much else or need much else. I still have the odd bits floating around. I've got some carpet cleaner for, you know, specific little upholstery stains and stuff like that. But um, mostly, really, we can do a lot with just water, vinegar, bicarb soda, eucalyptus oil, and that's about it. Absolutely. We're, I'm very similar. Orange oil is my uh, yeah. product for everything. I I think my auntie put me onto it to get oil stains out of clothes. You know when you get, you know, you go oh, and eat the greasy spot. something and mm. you flick a bit of butter or something on your trousers and then you're like, I remember complaining, thinking, right, these trousers are ruined. And then um, she said, just buy some orange oil and put a neat bit of it on the stain and throw it in the wash and it takes the oil out. I don't know how it works. <laughs> well, but it's amazing. I use tea tree oil for exactly the same thing and it does exactly the same thing. It just takes the oil stain out. It's You just put it on neat yeah. um, before it goes in the wash and it works too. Oh, there we go. I didn't know orange oil did the same thing as tea tree oil. That's yeah, cool. and so and because I, I'm a bit of a sucker for anything citrus, so I was just last night my daughter had something stuck on her door that she'd taken off and there was, you know, sticky residue left. So, uh, right, find the orange oil. Let's give it a clean. Orange oil just does everything. Plus I'm like then I live in a beautiful citrusy smelling house. Mm, nice. It's probably a bit nicer smell than the tea tree smell that's at my house. <laughs> But anyway, still oh eucalyptus oil too. I love eucalyptus for cleaning, but the smell of it can be a little bit too much. Yeah. So I think when you go through your house and look at what chemicals or what bottles you've got laying around, have a look and see if one of your product can do the job of many. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you don't want to, if you don't feel right to throw them out straight away, try and finish something off. But before you go and replace that, have a look in your cupboard and see if there's something else that can do that same job before you buy more because it's much easier to keep three bottles neatly in a cupboard than 23. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, you know, just finding what you want when you want it. You know, if you've only got three there, it takes you two seconds to find what you need. Mm -hmm. One thing that a lot of people struggle with is finding room for their linen and sometimes the laundry because they need to store other things in there like their picnic stuff or their camping gear or all of the laundry liquids and things like that that they need sometimes the linen there just isn't room for the linen and I know that in my cupboard I don't have any linen I've got a big double sliding door built in in my laundry and I still don't keep the linen in there because it has our vacuum cleaner candles and batteries and cords and cables and you name it, and a basket for all of the dirty washing. So our linen actually isn't even stored in the laundry at all. And one technique for storing linen that really can minimise it is to put the linen in the room that it's used. So you put the bathroom linen in the bathroom, you put the um, all of the linen for each bed in the room with the bed, and that means that you only store sort of what you need for that particular space 
and you end up reducing it because you know in a bedroom you don't have room to keep 17 sets of you know quilt covers and sheet sets so you end up going okay how many are enough for this room and it helps you actually think about that what's necessary and and how many are enough and you can really trim down the amount that you keep yeah and I think another trick for storing your linen and this is something that I do with a few of my clients that have a lot of linen and some people find it hard to part with and I get that especially you know good quality bed linen can cost a lot of money so people that have stacks of pillow slips stacks of flat sheets stacks of fitted sheets and then they want to change the set and they have to go through each of the piles to find their thing something that I do and something that I help clients get set up is you get your pillow slip and a lot of people do this now Mm. and all the other all the other parts of that set that go together you fold up and keep inside one of the pillow slips so you will have a pillow slip inside it might be say it's a queen size bed there'll be another pillow slip your flat sheet, your fitted sheet, all folded neatly in the bottom of the pillow slip and then folded over. Mm. So when you go to get it out of the cupboard, it's one, you pull one thing out and it's got the whole lot and it's all contained together rather than knocking over every pile trying to find. And also trying to, rather than trying to find what size, you know, it is as well, especially if you've got like three different size beds around the house, sort of checking to see, oh, well, what size is that sheet? And then you have to open it up and then refold it again. And that's a bit of a pain. So yeah, that, that working in sheets, in working in sets technique works really well for a lot of people. Some people don't like it. And I'm one of those. It's not, it doesn't work for me, but I can understand the appeal behind it. But what I've done instead is, is just buy everything in the one color. So all my, I've got, well, I've got one that's different, but most of my sheets, all my fitted sheets and all my flat sheets and all my pillowcases are all white. And so I've just got all of the fitteds sort of there. I've got a couple of fitteds and then I've got a couple of flats and then I've got the pillowcases and I just sort of grab whatever because I don't care if they don't match necessarily because they're all, you know, the same colour. So that sort of works for me, but that's because we only have two singles and one queen in our house and so I can't accidentally get that wrong and the kids sheets kept in their room mm-hmm. and our sheets in our room and so I don't really need to do the whole sets thing and also I use for my linen storage I use drawers that are quite shallow and so trying to put a set together would stack it up too high to fit in the drawer so that's another thing to consider as well is what's the space that you've got to store it in and how can you do that so I tend to actually I roll mine up and I just have them all along in a row because they're very shallow drawers. So that sort of method, yeah, doesn't work for me on a couple of counts. But if you've got a linen cupboard that's in a central part and you just want to have the whole set, yeah, it's a brilliant technique. You could even go as far as to put the quilt cover and the other pillowcases in the set too, couldn't you? Like have a one complete mm-hmm. set. The thing I like about it too, our linen cupboards are quite deep and the ki- it's one of the kids' jobs to change their bed linen on the weekends and put everything in the wash and so when I say right go and get yourself a new set I know that you know my big tall stacks they used to get knocked over when they'd go fishing for the pink sheets at the bottom of the pile so now they grab that one thing and um, the whole stack doesn't go tumbling and it's all together so rather than them mucking up my neat cupboards yeah, or accidentally grabbing, you know, the wrong size sheet and then having to go back and get another one. And and kids don't fold sheets overly well. They're not big enough and tall enough and have a long enough arm spread. <laughs> so they tend mm-hmm. to ball them up and shove them in. So, um, yeah, that would work really well. Like I that. think the other thing you got to do is not be afraid to label stuff in your laundry or 
wherever you're keeping it, if you're keeping linen separately, you can put little sticky labels on the shelves to say, you know, queen sheets or what, you know, whatever it is. Or and label your your bottles as well. If you're buying cleaners, you know, like one of the cleaners, my multi-purpose cleaner, I buy a concentrate and then I mix it with water and keep it in like a little stainless steel spray bottle, which is fine, except anyone else that was coming to my house would not know whether that yeah, what's yeah. in there. Mm. So um, don't be afraid to label. And label label your cupboards too. If other people use your laundry and you want them to put things away, stick a label on it. And once people are old enough to read, then hopefully they can pop those things back where they need to go. Yes, you would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's always an, it's always the good in theory <laughs> good in theory but yeah yeah um, I don't label anything because I like moving things around but uh, I, I I do understand the the need for for labeling it one of one of my I guess one of my life my one of my life philosophies is that if you have little enough stuff you don't need labels and I don't know whether that's because I love a bit of a minimalist lifestyle or if it's because I'm too lazy to do labelling. <laughs> but either way, I'm like, well, if I get rid of enough of it, I don't need labels. So um, I think yeah, maybe it, it could could be a little bit of laziness. But uh, also it's I think it's a bit of my my minimalism, enoughism kind of philosophy of, of life as well where just if I don't have much, I don't need to label it. I like that. I also like the idea of giving some of your bigger items a home. So your ironing board, your vacuum, your iron, your washing baskets, find a place where they live so that you or anyone else that wants them knows where they come from and knows where they go back to. And like I, one of my essential things is to have my washing baskets in a cupboard. So when they're not in use, I don't like them sitting on my bench. And that's mm. fortunate that I've got the space in my house to find have a cupboard big enough that I can keep empty baskets in. Yeah. And some pe- some people that's just on your bench. That's fine, but then when there's an empty basket, put it back on your bench rather than have it sitting in your hallway or in the spare room or on your end of your couch. Yeah. And same with your ironing board, even if it's just a couple of hooks on the wall, just to put it back somewhere rather than it being a permanent object on display in your house moving around from room to room where you might be ironing and there's some really nifty things you can get these days to attach everything to walls you can hang your baskets up high on a wall you can hang your vacuum hang your ironing board yeah there is some really there are some really great hooks I love the broom hook ones as well where you can sort of put any different like it's a little row of sort of spaces with little balls on either side of them and you can just stick any size or things that don't have hook, uh, loops on the end of them you could, they'll still hang up brooms and mops and all that kind of stuff work well on those hanging things as well it just means that you've got sort of less clutter on the floor yeah and because there's not a lot of floor space generally in mm. laundry so if you've got space on your walls hang it up get it off the floor sure I tried to hang up my my linen basket but I just don't have room to even hang it so all my empty baskets sit on top of my washing machine but what I do is to give myself this so so that it doesn't look like it's just been dumped there and left there I turn it upside down and it's a really weird thing but when I walk into my laundry and my washing basket is upside down on the top of my machine I feel like I have control of my life (laughs) 
everything is right in the world <laughs> everything is right in the world because i've sort of got to the point where it's empty and it's actually not being used which means i'm caught up on my washing i don't have any baskets laying around the house waiting to be emptied and it's upside down it's like the ultimate <laughs> in being in control for me oh, it's funny the things we get our little kicks out of yeah so i have my little life hack is you know how you can buy pegs with magnets on the back of them for, you know, they're supposed to be to oh, stick yeah, on your fridge and yeah. hold your bills or whatever. I have a couple of those on the side of my washing machine and that's where my odd socks go oh, so that cause cool. I can't stand having an odd sock laying around on my kitchen bench or on the end of the couch or, you know, on the kid's yeah. floor waiting to find its friend again. So I stick a couple of those magnetic pegs pegs to the side of my washer or my dryer and when the odd socks come along they get hung up and you know what if they're there for a couple of weeks and don't find their match they're gone baby out of there ruthless i have um i got a a bag you know those you know those delicates bags that you put your Mm -hmm. bras and in the wash i had one of those and it got a tear in it and so um and it was just at the top so what i've done is i've repurposed that bag and i've got a a coat hanger that's a skirt hanger with the little hooks either side of it and I've hung that up in the laundry and that's what my socks go in that bag sometimes it gets you know really quite full and then I look at it and go oh my god you, they have to go in the bin so they go to be your or they sometimes get used as rags but we have to be careful how many things we keep for just in case as rags because that can be Who a real even use as rags well this is what the thing some people do well you can use them for cleaning and I guess they're more environmentally it's better environmentally to use those cloths than to buy something given that you know this already exists and also being not microfiber because microfiber cloths aren't very good environmentally either because when they get washed all the tiny little plastics go into the waterways from the microfiber cloths so even though they're meant to be environmentally sound I think they're not actually but you know others can do their own research on that but I think if you reuse rags it's from an environmental perspective, it is better all round. But I come across a lot of people who keep far more than they'll ever use. And so their production levels of um, rags far outweigh their usage levels. So they end up actually getting a little bit overwhelming. So I think I would my recommendation for rags is to have them by all means, have some because they can be useful, but just have a limit on how many you have. So you can just have, you know, one one bag of rags and that's it. And, you know, don't allow yourself to go over that and then it won't get out of control good. that way. Very good. I found it quite interesting when we lived in the UK that unlike Australian homes, a lot of British houses don't have a separate laundry. Their washing machines go in their kitchen. Mm. And it took me a while to get my head around that. And initially I had thought, well, why why would people put a washing machine in their kitchen? I understand that their houses aren't usually big enough mm. to have a separate laundry and that's fair enough. But I was thinking, why not another wet space? Why wouldn't you put them in the bathroom or somewhere else? Yeah. Then a lot of British bathrooms don't have any electrical sockets either. Oh. And so that's why a lot of them will go in the in the kitchen. And I think so ours did and I got used to our our washing machine and dryer were both next to the fridge and you know what it made washing very efficient because you know I'd put the kettle on and I'd be in the same room as my washing machine the biggest thing I found odd though is when people had dirty clothes baskets in their kitchen 
as well. Yeah. And I that kind of blew my mind a little bit. And it was fine when they were closed, dirty clothes baskets. But I had I remember going to someone's house who I didn't know very well. I think she must have been a friend of a friend. And we were standing in the kitchen making a cup of tea or something. And there was an like an open laundry basket with, you know, a whole bunch of dirty undies. And I'm like, this is right next to where we're preparing food and I'm standing here with my cup of tea and <laughs> Yeah, I that I would yeah, that would bother me as well. So I guess that to avoid that you would keep them in the bedrooms, wouldn't you? The the dirty clothes, I guess. Yeah, that's what we did. Or in the if you don't have room for them in the bedrooms, pop pop one in the bathroom or just have one with a lid on it, I would say. That would work. Yeah. Or inside a cupboard as well could yeah. possibly work. In the and I found that I needed to I'm pretty good at putting things away as I go, like taking my washing off, folding it and putting it away. But there was a few times where I'd take the washing off and I'd have it in my basket or I'd take it out of the tumble dryer because, you know, it's always wet over there. Mm. And and then, you know, the kids would want to do some baking and so we'd put the mixer on and flour or cocoa or something would fly everywhere, all over the clothes I'd just washed <laughs> that were in the basket on the kitchen floor. I'm like, this just doesn't doesn't work for me. I'd, so I had to be a bit more organised about where I put stuff. Yeah, yeah, you would. So that that sort of makes me think about as well with Australian laundries where you would where we keep our dirty clothes and stuff. So what where do you keep your dirty clothes baskets? We have so my husband and I have our dirty clothes basket in our ensuite and then the kids have a dirty clothes basket each in their bedrooms. So okay. I don't keep any out because our laundry it's like it's a bit it's like a galley, it's long and skinny mm. and all the kind of under the benches is all full of cupboards, so there's no really obvious space to put one in the laundry. So we yeah. just, and then we do the, you know, I'll say to the kids, "Can you guys go and get all the whites out of your laundry baskets today and pop them on the laundry floor, or take this basket and put them in there and things like that?" So they'll they'll bring their laundry to or their dirty clothes to our laundry yep. to wash. Okay, yeah, we do a similar thing. We have our basket in our bedroom. It's right inside the door. So what? the kids generally do is they put their dirty clothes in our basket so we kind of have just one dirty clothes basket that everyone puts and what in. about ironing do you are you an ironer I don't oh. think I've ever asked you if you're an ironer Beck. oh I am not an ironer I know <gasps> <No. laughs> that's what my mother says as well I'm so not an ironer so when I used to iron, right, and I had this ironing basket and it was always full and it was always just standing there in the living room mocking me and taunting me and telling me all this that I have to do hours and hours of ironing and I did hate it a lot. And in about, I think it was 2010, we went on a big road trip as a family. We went to, we took the car and we drove to Queensland and did all the Queenslandy things and then we drove back down to New South Wales on the way home. We were on the road for over a month. And we didn't have an iron while we were travelling. And we stayed at, a couple of times we stayed at friends' houses and I could have ironed, but for the most part we didn't bother. And it was Queensland, which means we were wearing sort of casual clothes most of the time. But I just I just felt free. You know, it was wonderful. And so when I got home, I said, right, that's it. I'm not ironing anymore. I'm not keeping an ironing basket anymore. Nobody cared that their clothes weren't ironed. And I survived just fine, even though I do care. And so I don't have an ironing basket. So that said, I do iron because, you know, I do like to look, you know, put together. 
but I don't have an ironing basket. And so I have designed this system of my whole washing process and I've taught it to the whole family and they all do it, which is wonderful. But my whole process right from when I put the clothes out on the line is all geared towards not ironing it later on. <laughs> so like, um, you know, I, I spin it whenever I can. I do it on a low spin and we hang it out in a certain order and that's partly just to, to be organised and keep things together. But the order... When they're hung out, I put, put all the underwear at the front and then the rest of the clothes towards the back. And then when I take it off, I take all of the, we take the clothes off from the front of the line backwards. So all of the underwear goes in the bottom and then I get all of the folding stuff. So shorts and trackies and jeans and that kind of stuff, jammies, all go next or folded up straight off the line. And then all of the stuff that normally would hang and either be ironed or be worn from hanging they get lay over the top of the washing basket and then they get hung up as soon as they come inside. And so quite often by the time I go to wear it, it's actually looking quite good anyway. And sometimes I'll iron as I go, like I'll pull something out and go, oh, that really does need an iron. And I'll just iron it before I wear it. But most of the time, most of the clothes, uh, they'll just go straight to hanging up. And because they're not getting bunched up or folded at any point from when they're, you know, dry, they actually look really good and they don't need ironing. And my husband will wear something all wrinkly and not care. He just could not care what he looks like. And sometimes I'll say to him, okay, you're taking that off so I can iron it before we leave the house. But most of the time I just let him be. <laughs> and yeah. kids don't care. Their school stuff is that made of fabric that doesn't wrinkle anyway. So they just wear that straight off the line. And if they're looking nice, occasionally they'll want something ironed. But most of the time it just looks fine and so I probably iron only about three items a week and it's usually my own stuff and it's it's like my whole life I do not have that basket staring at me and I do not spend hours ironing every week and it's incredibly liberating it's one of my favorite things to talk about can you tell (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love the idea of that but I'm I can't it's it's making me get nervous sweats (laughs) I'm such an ironer I kind of I can't, I can't fathom. I'm like, I almost interjected there when you said all the things that don't need ironing, shorts, jeans. I'm like, don't you iron jeans? Because no. <laughs> I wear uh, skinny jeans. Yeah, I still iron my skinny jeans. <laughs> See, my my mum irons, she, when she comes over here, she irons my pyjamas. Oh, I love and that. I'm like, and I love the feeling of ironed pyjamas, but I am not going to spend my time ironing my pyjamas. That's just No, not. okay, so I... I, there's maybe a reason why I love ironing, possibly now. <laughs> and listeners, I trust you to not tell anyone else about this. This is my dirty little ironing secret. So I'm, I love watching, you know, documentaries and you know, nice educational TV programs. But there is one show that I've watched since I was about thirteen, which is so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I still watch The Bold and the Beautiful. Uh, and it, it pains me <laughs> to say that out loud, but I don't watch I don't even know what time. I know it's on in the afternoon, although my, I have a feeling it might be on in the morning now. Or so, anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't watch it when it's on. I watch it on catch-up. So on a Sunday night when everyone in my house goes to bed because there's a big week ahead and 60 minutes is over, I get my ironing board out and my basket of ironing and I watch a couple of episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful and I get my ironing done. And it's great because it's kind of like I look forward to it because it's my little dirty secret, my little indulge in 
complete trash TV and and that's when I do my ironing. So it's kind of I look forward to ironing and then I get to the end of the basket and I'm like, oh, now I have no excuse to stay up. Best I go to bed. So that's why I iron. But I iron. I, um, my husband, I think being in the military is a much better ironer than me, all his uniforms. Oh, so okay. I don't do, I don't actually do any of my husband's ironing because I'd probably put, you know, the double lines in the shirts and stuff like that. So <laughs> he, he does his own ironing, but I take things off the line. The girls and I, because they've got dresses and, you know, pretty things. So I will, and their jeans and their shorts, and I'm iron most of their T-shirts as well. All sports gear in my house. Like both of both Zoe need both just wear sports gear all the time, which doesn't need ironing. Mm. So and I will I'll iron their shirts for school and their dresses and even though they probably don't need them to be ironed, but you know, it does give me an extra ten minutes viewing time on a Sunday night. Wow, that's adorable. That's so funny. Um yeah, and I, I used to watch television while I ironed as well, but it I it's still I do not miss it because I can just sit down and watch television and do something. Else. Well see, I don't think I could justify watching such a trashy show, but like I would if I would sit down and just enjoy television, I'd probably feel like I should enjoy something a bit more in depth. But because <laughs> I'm ironing, so I'm not really paying attention. And because bold and beautiful, you know, you cannot watch it for three weeks and you don't really miss anything three years is probably more (laughs) more actually (laughs) I didn't watch it while we lived in the UK because they didn't have it over there and I came back I just picked up where I left off (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's one of those things like I remember days of our lives used to be like that you know it would be I remember watching that a couple of times and it would be yeah you would miss it for months and then the same thing's happening it's like still someone had you know just died and then six months later it's still like the day after they died or something like that we just carry on forever Mm. so oh so we're very different with our ironing habits Mm. aren't we but I still so my ironing basket is not huge it contains about an hour's worth of ironing if it's full Mm. And it goes in the bottom of a cupboard away, so it's not out. I couldn't stand if I could see it. It basically, I will add to it all week, and then Sunday night it comes out, it all gets ironed, and that's it. It's done then, and yeah. it will sit there and accumulate. But I couldn't I couldn't cope with the guilt of having an ironing basket out. But, yeah. You know, another thing to do. Yeah. So with regards to getting your laundry organised, we've talked about decluttering it and getting rid of the things that you don't need, use or love, and getting rid of duplicates and those kinds of things and maybe redistributing stuff throughout the rest of the house. But to organise a laundry, I think, you know, there's the basic organising strategies of grouping like with like. And I think that that really can help you keep your laundry organised by grouping things together in their logical groups and trying to store them that way so by using tubs and by using the shelves and things like that you can then really quickly find what it is that you want to find and you won't fall into the trap of buying duplicates and stuff like that all the time either so I think that's probably all we've got to say on laundries today but we would love to hear what you have to say so please jump on check out our Facebook community we would love to have you as part of that or send us a message and tell us how you organize your laundry and if you've got some good tips and tricks we'll share them with our listeners on another show or through our social media platforms we might learn a thing or two from you as well that we can use in our own laundries yeah 
Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review or a rating. Please feel free to tell your friends about us if they too would like to be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram or on our personal pages at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.